Driven Mofos, welcome back to the next episode of The Destruction of Mental Health. If you haven't already listened to part one, please go back and listen to that first because it might not make sense if you jump into part two, which is this part here. And so please jump across, listen to that first. For those of you returning, welcome back. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Please remember if you haven't jumped across to YouTube yet and hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel, jump across, check out Michael Mojo. I've been popping up heaps more content, bonus trainings, extra stuff that you won't get on this podcast. So please, if you want a lot more value, you want to dive more in depth into some of the teachings and the trainings that I do, please jump across to YouTube, hit that subscribe button and get extra features, extra bonuses, extra content, extra, 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 extra. Anyway, I'm going to get off now. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. I really believe that we're focusing on the wrong thing right now with mental health. And that is that most people are setting themselves up based on those unrealistic expectations. And no one is really giving people tools, effective tools, like we do at our Thrive Time event, to be able to help people create direction, to understand what they're really trying to achieve in life, to give them focus, to give them the drive and the ambition and all of that stuff in order to achieve it, and also the mental health tools to stay in balance. Because the truth is, just like I said at the start, if you have strong muscles, you also have weak muscles. You can't have a strength without a weakness at the same time if there is an imbalance. So if you have an injury or an imbalance, you have a strong muscle and a weak muscle or you have strong muscles and weak muscles around that area. And so it pulls everything in one direction and you'll start to create overcompensations and eventually you'll end up with pain or an injury. In life, it's very much the same. You have strengths and you have weaknesses. If you keep working on your strengths and you don't deal with your weaknesses and you don't make your weaknesses strong and you try to make your strengths weaknesses, it will still create these imbalances consistently. And also what it will do is it will create imbalances. And the more you have these crazy critical imbalances in your life based on your values, the more likely you are to have these mental health issues. Now, I know there's people out there saying, okay, Mr. Smart Man, well, what about the chemical imbalances? Now, the great thing is that there's more and more research that's come out to show that chemical imbalances like dopamine and all that stuff are flawed theories and flawed concepts. And there was flawed research in the first place in order to come up with those theories. Is there a chemical imbalance? Maybe. Okay, it's a maybe. But if right now, if you take a blood sample of your hormonal state and you check it about five hours later and you check it another five hours later, you will realize that there is a cycle that people go through. And so the chemicals in our body are changing all the time. They're changing moment by moment, by moment by moment, by moment by moment. And the chemical imbalance theory I believe is highly flawed. And it is, scientifically, it's highly flawed. And it's highly flawed because in order to think that someone has a chemical imbalance consistently, you've got to ask why. Now, why do chemicals imbalance in our body? Most people in neuroscience and even the field of psychology do not understand that perceptions drive our hormonal cycles and they change our neurochemical states. And now that could be from our past, maybe. There's a whole bunch of different theories out there. And I've had these debates with neuroscientists. I've had them with psychologists. I've had them with medical doctors. But I've also shown and had really good conversations with open-minded doctors, psychologists, and medical scientists. And they've gone, shit, I've never thought about this stuff. This is fucking brilliant. If I throw a tiger or a lion in the room or something that you perceive as a threat, immediately, based on your perception, 
Now, there are people out there who don't perceive that lions are threats. In fact, I was watching a video the other day where a person was swimming with sharks. And they were swimming with sharks and this shark came over to this guy and started opening its mouth. And the guy just grabbed the top of the shark's nose and sort of pushed it away just calmly. And the shark just swam and he just gave it a pat. Okay, and just sort of kept moving. Now, that's someone who's not afraid of sharks. Now, if I saw that same thing, I would shit my pants. You would literally see me running across the top of the water. I would be treading fucking water, running at about 150 kilometers an hour across the water, just like one of those old cartoons where, you know, someone runs across the water. That would be me. I would be out of there. My heart would be racing. I would think that I was going to die in that moment. In fact, I was snorkeling in Vanuatu, and there was a rather, not large shark, but a decent shark. Put it this way. It was definitely bigger than what I was. And it was just chilling there on the bottom near a bit of a reef. And I saw it and I was like, oh, fuck. And it was like the most majestic, magical experience that I've had. But at the same time, my heart started racing. You know, obviously blood started flowing a lot more through my body because like it started to heat up pretty quickly. My breathing rate changed. All of these things happened because of the perception. That shark was just sitting there chilling. It was just having a chilled out day. Probably, who knows, it was asleep. I don't know. But I saw the shark. I went, shark, fucking danger. And all of a sudden, my body responds. So our perception changes our chemical states. So in traffic, you're driving to work in the morning. Someone cuts you off. You go, what a prick. Bang, immediately. Your heart rate changes. Blood pressure changes. Blood glucose levels change. All of these changes happen immediately because of the perception. Now, there are people out there who get diagnosed with ADD and ADHD or whatever you want to call it. And a lot of the time, they will be told that they're attention deficit because they have a dopamine deficiency. Yet at the same time, I could almost guarantee that if you actually check their dopamine levels, that they don't have a dopamine deficiency. They have a dopamine deficiency when they're doing things that they're not fulfilled in. Yet if you give that same person something that they're fulfilled in, they don't seem to have a dopamine deficiency because if you look at their behavior, it's different. Why? Maybe because their perception of doing a task. Like if you give someone who hates doing admin an administrative task, like business owners, you get a business owner to sit down and do financials and they hate doing financials and they hate data and they hate spreadsheets, they become attention deficit. They start looking around, they get distracted, they go and make another coffee, they go to the bathroom and they get distracted and then they beat themselves up for not doing that. And they go, shit, I really need to do it, but at the same time I can't concentrate. And then they start creating a fucking story around why they're not doing that task. And then you get that same person that can sit there for three hours and have a conversation about sales, about marketing, about branding, and they're completely fine. They're not attention deficit. They are completely aware and they are switched on. So they're not attention deficit when they're talking to others and talking about marketing and making money. They are when they've got to do financials and data and spreadsheets. And so what that shows is that their perception has changed. You can get a child who's diagnosed with attention deficit disorder at school and they sit there at school in almost all the classes. There might be a couple of classes they excel in, but in the other classes, they have attention deficit. But then you put them in front of a computer game, they can sit there and play it for seven or eight hours straight. Why? Because their perception changes. They enjoy playing computer games, they don't enjoy school. And so their perception of computer games and school is different. Now, why is that important? Because it's their values. Their values dictate what's important to them and not. Now, if that child can perceive that school helps them to play video games better and their purpose in life is to be a world champion you know, gamer or they want to make millions of dollars every year doing live streaming in gaming, that's really their purpose. That's what they want to do. So you're putting them in a mathematics class and they're sitting there going, why the fuck am I doing this? I'd rather play computer games. And they don't even know why. Okay, And the parents are sitting there going, but they have to be good at school. 
Well, no, they don't. There's kids that are multi-millionaires right now. There are kids that are making tens of millions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars by creating YouTube clips, something that parents would never even thought about in their generation. There are kids now that play esports. So you can essentially sit there and play a car racing game and you get paid more than most motor racers, right, without the risk of dying. They just sit there and play on a simulator and there are millions of people around the world who watch those games. I don't really understand it because it's not my thing, but they can do that now. And so those kids grow up with different dreams, different aspirations, different purpose. They want to be a gamer. That's their career. And their parents are saying, yeah, but they're not doing well in school. And they've got to do well at school because really they got to go to university to get a good job. They don't want a fucking job. They want to get millions of dollars playing computer games. That's what they want to do. And that's going to give them the amazing lifestyle that they want. But the parent doesn't understand because they have different values. So that creates a conflict. That child now goes, shit, mum and dad are telling me off all the time. I want to adapt my behavior to fit in and to do the right thing at school. But at the same time, I hate school. I can't concentrate. I can't focus. Why? Because their perceptions have changed. It's not important to them. They have a different perception. That perception changes the neurochemistry. That neurochemistry drives internal hormones and hormonal states. And so now you've got hormonal imbalances and neurochemical imbalances. And most people who work in the industries around mental health still don't even understand that. Okay, But it's because there are lots of people who don't really understand biology or don't really understand neuroscience or who also don't understand behavioral science. So there are plenty of neuroscientists out there, and this isn't being critical of them. There are some amazing, intelligent ones out there, many of whom I follow or read their books or read research that they've done. So there are some brilliant people out there, and I'm not criticizing the industry as a whole. I'm just saying that there are a lot of neuroscientists out there who they go and study brains, but you put them in front of three people and they can't even communicate. So how can you understand how a brain works without understanding how a brain drives behavior? And how do you understand what happens when you're dealing with people on a day-to-day -day basis? So therefore, you've got someone who's amazing at theory and amazing at understanding how the brain works that doesn't understand how people work. You've got people out there who understand behavior and they understand what happens when you do certain things but don't understand why it happens because they've never studied neuroscience or they don't understand biology. And you've got biologists who don't understand human behavior or neuroscience. So there's all of these different issues that go on in our society, I think, that drive certain people's patterns. We also have to look at, in order for someone to get into certain fields, they normally have to have a void in that field. So a lot of people get into personal training because they have body image issues, right? I was one of those people. And so a lot of people get into a field of study that they perceive will benefit them. And so like someone who grows up in a low socioeconomic status may be driven to be financially independent and then go work in the finance industry. Even if you had parents who were well off, but you went to a school with kids who were way more wealthier than you were, you might still feel poor. And so again, you might have a high value of creating wealth. There are people out there who love connecting with people. And maybe as a child, you felt like you couldn't connect with people. So now as an adult, you work in an industry where you're consistently talking, connecting with people. So our voids create our values. Now, when you look at the mental health industry, there are a lot of people in there who have a lot of mental health problems who go and study psychology so they can fix their own issues. And that happens quite a lot. Yet the problem is, now they go through, they get this education, they get a status, and now they're out there helping other people, but they've never gone back and revisited the issues that they have. All they've done is they've now got a whole bunch of labels. They've all got a story around why this shit happens, and now they project that onto other people in society. And so you'll have a look. There are sociologists out there who work in social science, and they are all talking about why society needs to change, but it's based on their childhood experiences around what they experienced when they grew up, which has created huge insecurities and huge issues for them. And so now they're trying to change the whole of society in order to fit their paradigm and their idea because they don't want to learn from the experiences that they had when they were a child. 
they expect that they shouldn't have to change and they shouldn't have to learn that society should change and that society needs to learn. And so they're projecting their shit onto society and expecting everyone else to change so that they never have to feel like anyone else will go through what they went through. And that happens quite a lot. And that also happens in the mental health industry. It happens in the health industry. It happens in so many different industries. So look, I know that this episode is a bit controversial and I know that it's probably something that there are going to be people out there who are listening to this who might get upset. And I also know there are people out there who would be quite happy to debate me in a quite emotional right now. But also remember that when emotions are high, intelligence is low. You use different parts of the brain. You use a more primitive part of the brain to drive your emotions than what you do your logic. And so if you can be logical and you can be a critical thinker and you think, well, maybe let me go and reflect on this. Like I'm a bit emotional now. This doesn't make sense to me. Like this goes against my beliefs and what I believe to be true. Then go and ask yourself, am I getting the results that I want? Am I achieving the things that I want in life? Do I keep having peaks and troughs in my mental health and my emotions? Am I as stable as what I want to be? Am I as balanced as what I want to be? Because if not, maybe it's the belief and the beliefs that you keep projecting that are the things that are keeping you stuck. And it is hard to change. It is really hard to change. And I think all humans in some way, shape or form love to reinforce their beliefs. I mean, there are people out there who believe the most ridiculous shit, but to them, they believe it's true. And if anyone challenges them, they become aggressive and they attack them and they attack them only because their beliefs are being challenged. If you realize that and you become a critical thinker, you can step away from that and go, okay, what triggered me and why did it trigger me? And maybe they could be right. Like, let's investigate. And that's, I think, how I learned to be more of a critical thinker and also how I learned to become more intelligent. When I was younger, I used to just go and study stuff that I believed to be true. So if I believed something, I'd go and study it. So I believed certain things about health. I would go and study that. I believed when I was younger, in my 20s, I believed that, you know, there was all this stuff that was killing people. I believed that pharmaceuticals would kill everybody. The pharmaceutical industry was controlling everybody. I was one of those like crazy fuckers. I only ate organic food. If I went somewhere and there wasn't organic food, I would get stressed out. I was like, man, it's not organic. I'm taking in all these chemicals in my body. But what I didn't realize at the same time, when I stopped and looked at it, I was always having these peaks and troughs in my energy. I was consistently tired and burnt out. I had consistent injuries and physical pain in my body. I was creating a lot of stress. I had a lot of mental stress and I would put a lot of pressure on myself. I would overtrain and I had these really high unrealistic expectations around my life, my health and so on. It wasn't until I was in enough pain that I stopped and I went, hang on, is this really working for me? Like, let's go and look at the other side of research. And so I went and started researching some of the chemicals in food and why farmers would use certain things and, you know, what are the benefits of genetically modified food and all of those things. And I started getting a completely different perspective. And at first it made me really uncomfortable comfortable and I wanted to argue with everybody and I wanted to fight with everybody. But I wasn't fighting with everybody for any other reason apart that I was just fighting to hold on to what I believed to be true because it made me feel safe and it made me feel comfortable. And we don't like to have the world that we believe to be true challenged, right? We like to wake up in the morning and know that the floor is going to be there. We like to know that we're waking up in the morning next to the person that we went to bed next to. Imagine if you woke up and everything changed and you get up in the morning and your bed is on like sitting on top of the ocean, you step out and you fall into water. Like imagine if everything was so unpredictable, it would be so hard to navigate life and you'd live in fear the whole time. So humans have to have predictability for safety and security. And so when someone has these beliefs, they become predictable and make us feel secure. But when that happens, it also stops us from growing because we stop asking questions, we stop challenging ourselves, we stop getting uncomfortable and having those uncomfortable situations. And unfortunately, this is the shit thing that's happening in society right now. And this is a gross generalization of a lot of universities. A lot of universities are taking away critical thinking and the ability to challenge 
the current paradigms and all that sort of stuff, which then makes lecturers and shit feel insecure and the system feel insecure. And so because of that, they try to force those people out of the school. And so now there's actually becoming a larger drop-off, especially in Australia, of people going to university. And now there is a greater group of people who are doing more online training or who are going to seminars and stuff outside of the university system. That didn't happen a lot 60 years ago, 50 years ago, because the university system was something that helped people progress their lives. Now, a lot of young people are realizing that university is essentially a trap that is a mechanism, a financial mechanism that makes a fuck ton of money putting people through the system. That's why there are degrees out there that make no sense whatsoever. Like you're going and studying a business degree without ever having run a business and then are expecting to come out and run a business. Some of the best business people that I've ever met have never, ever done a business degree. And in fact, some of them started a business degree and dropped out because the best business degree you'll ever get is starting a business. And then you go through the school of hard knocks. Once you start and you know where your gaps are and what to learn, then you can go and learn about that stuff. And maybe university is the thing. But to think that you understand business when you've never had one is like sitting back and watching boxing and then getting in the ring and you might understand every move, but once you get punched in the face the first time, it's a different game. And so we've got to be really, really careful about the way that we think about education and the way that we think about learning. So how does this all relate to mental health? And I want to come back to this, especially around mental health and all this. I really believe that most of what's being taught is ineffective and non-effective. And it keeps getting reinforced by a whole bunch of people who don't have critical thinking, who don't challenge themselves, who want the paradigm that they're currently preaching to be true more than they stop and reflect on their clientele. Like if you have a client for 20 years who keeps coming back and seeing you and you're in the mental health industry, I'm not sure that that's the best thing. Now, it might be if they just need a friend and they need someone to talk to, right? Okay, that's cool. But what happens after the talking happens? Because based on Hebb's law, which is a neuroscience principle, circuits in the brain that fire together, wire together. So if you keep talking about a problem over and over and over again, you keep talking about why a person's childhood is fucked up over and over and over again, you make that circuit in the brain stronger, which means it fires more readily and fires more consistently. And if you keep doing that, you're actually making that circuit stronger. So you're building more of that into the person's psyche. Now, these are things that most people don't think about when they're talking about problems over and over and over again. So what's the solution? Don't talk about them. Talk about them the first time, help them to understand it, and then from there, give them the tools to get out of it. So give them the tools to balance out those perspectives. Give them the tools to navigate life after those situations. And then from there, encourage them, help them to use them, break the patterns as they come up and keep them moving forward. The more you do that, the more the person is going to succeed. The more a person succeeds and feels fulfilled, the less from my perspective and from what I have seen working with tens of thousands of people, and I don't have scientific evidence on this, I have actual implementable results. And so from my experience, the more I've helped people to be able to achieve the things that they want in life and to be able to live more congruently with what they're really trying to achieve and who they are, the less issues they have. Do they have ruts? Yeah. Do they have times where they feel down? Yeah. Is that part of the human experience? Yeah. Just like people have times where they feel excited, where they feel happy, where they feel down. That doesn't mean that they are an emotion. It means that they just have them pop up. I have times where I feel depressed. I have times where I feel flat. I have times where I feel energetic. I have times where I feel tired. I have times where I burn out sometimes. In fact, I was talking yesterday to a 21-year-old who is highly driven. And he said to me, you know, sometimes I just burn out. Like sometimes I just push my boundaries a bit too far. And I said, mate, by the time you figure out where your boundaries are and you start living them, you would have already aged or things will change in your life. 
and those boundaries would have moved. And so we're always learning where our boundaries are. And a lot of the time, the only way you know where your boundaries are at any point in your life is when you cross them. And so you're going to consistently push your boundaries. You're going to consistently test your boundaries. Because in order to figure out where things are in life, you've got to cross boundaries or you've got to figure out where the boundaries are. I mean, if you played basketball and didn't know where the outside line was and the ref didn't call it, you wouldn't know where it is. Sometimes when you're playing the game and you're running along and you're looking forward, you don't see where the line is. And when you cross it, you hear the referee's whistle. That's because you've crossed that boundary or you've crossed that line. And that's the rules. In your own life, you consistently test your own boundaries. And by the time you figure out where they're at, they would have changed anyway because the environment that you're playing in changes. Okay, life changes, you age, you get older, you know, you learn new things. And so you're consistently testing these boundaries and that's normal. And that's the reason why sometimes people work too hard and they burn out. This is the reason why sometimes people drink too much and then they end up with a hangover. What goes up has to come back down. So there's always a peak and a trough, a peak and a trough. And we figure out where our boundaries are. Also pain is a great motivator and it teaches us where things are out of balance. And that's why we have pain in our physical body because strong muscles that keep getting stronger end up causing other muscles to go in a spasm and it causes pain. And so we learn, we've got to make some changes. We've got to do something different. And if we keep doing the same thing over and over again, we keep producing the same result. And going back to that example, people keep stretching muscles that keep getting tight and they keep doing it over and over and over again, expecting that it's going to change. And often it doesn't, which then already tells you that the thing that you're doing isn't working. So change it, try something different. And so if you're listening to this right now and you're going through any mental health challenges, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go and see specialists and psychologists and all those things 100% you should but ask yourself the question are these the ones that I need to be working with or do I need to go do something different see someone different you know I have some people out there who come to my events and they're like do you know Michael I see this doctor and they keep telling me to do these things but I don't want to do them and I'm like well then why do you do them like if you know that they're not working for you why are you doing them why because you're putting up on a pedestal their skills and their knowledge and you're condemning your own knowledge and your own skills about how your body works and the feedback that you're getting. And so you're just blindly trusting a person. I've gone to doctors before and they've said there's nothing wrong. And I go, I'm like, there's fucking something wrong. I go see another doctor and they're like, hey, this is going on. Let's fix it. And so you need to find the people who work with you at the current point in your life. The person that you worked with five years ago may not be relevant anymore. And so you've got to keep making changes. So anyway, Driven Mofos, this is just a bit of a reflection and you know a bit of a thought process, but I really wanted to share it. I just felt that I needed to share it today. I don't know, I'm inspired about it in some way, shape or form. And after listening to Dr. Andrew Locke talk about, you know, don't weaken your strengths, don't punish your strengths. So if your lower back is strong, don't stretch it and punish it. And if your pecs are strong, don't stretch it and punish it strengthen your weaknesses and then also about creating balance and symmetry or more stabilization i thought that's such a good principle as well that i've never heard anyone talk about in the field of mental health or performance psychology or performance habits or anything like that you need to be not only being consistent with your strengths and understanding your strengths but you also need to make your weaknesses stronger and also make sure that things are being stable and symmetrical because if not in your life there will be imbalances and those imbalances create pain Pain is a feedback in order to change something. And so if you start thinking and you're a bit more critical with your thinking, you start to navigate life in a different way. And look, I hope for just one person out there, this makes you think a little bit differently about your mindset, your psychology, maybe if you're going through any mental health issues and you're struggling to find the results that you want, that you know that you're capable of, maybe it's just time to try and challenge some of your thinking and look in some different spots. But please always go and consult your health professional, Make sure you've got good people around you. You know, I go and use doctors. There are people who I don't work with, but I'm always around doctors, psychologists, health professionals, all of those people that I can bounce ideas off of. And, 
you know, check in with. I also go and get my bloods done all the time with an integrative doctor who does all my hormone testing and all that shit because I want to optimize myself. And there's a difference between hitting rock bottom and being average versus being average and optimizing. They're two completely different things. And unfortunately, most people don't know the difference, including the health industry. And so a lot of the time, if you're a high performer and you're someone who wants to achieve at a higher level and you push yourself in different ways, what you need in life is completely different from someone who is just hitting rock bottom, who just wants to be average and comfortable and just cruise. It's completely different. So you need to find people who support that. And that's why I love our community because I find that most people who come to our events, they're people that are driven. They want to get more out of themselves. They know that they can be living better. And they don't want to just fit in and be average and live an average life. They normally have bigger goals. Like they want to achieve better results in an area of life, like be a better person in their family or in their communication or in their business. They want to excel at it. Or it could be with their health. And so because of that, they're looking for tools that help them to excel, not help them to be average. And unfortunately, a lot of the tools out there just help people be average. Okay. And unfortunately in Australia as well, we've got tall poppy syndrome. So if you hit rock bottom, the great thing is we also have the Aussie battler. So if you're a battler and you're suffering and you're in stress, Aussies have a great ability to help people up, right? We'll pick people up off of the ground and we want to help them. But the problem is that once they start achieving, Aussies want to kick them back down, back to fucking average. Don't go above average, okay? We don't want you to be less than average, but we don't want you to be better than average. And when I realized that, I thought I need to go out there and help people who want to achieve because the people who excel and achieve and do great things they're the people who inspire others and move society forwards and they raise standards and all those things. Our society can't progress without great people doing great things from being great parents to being great supporters to being great friends to being great in the area of health or having great bodies or having great cars or having great houses. All of those things make people want to be better. And so I think there is a massive lack of support out there for people who want to get the best out of themselves. Anyway, Driven Mofos, if you're loving this episode, please remember to share it. I really would love to get this out to a lot more people because I know society needs it and there's a lot of people out there suffering. I know it's probably going to be a little bit controversial and it's probably going to upset some people. But like I mentioned, normally when we have some wounds from our past that aren't healed and you know someone touches it, touches that wound, it hurts a lot more and we react a lot more than what we normally would if we didn't have that wound there. And so that's what happens, unfortunately, sometimes when people are confronted with information that challenges their current paradigm in thinking. So look, I hope that you know, the majority of people out there who are listening to this are critical in their thinking. Maybe you'll go and reflect, maybe you'll go and assess, and maybe you'll figure out whether you want to step it up in life or maybe whether things are working for you or not working for you or you're getting the results you want or whatever. I hope it does. So anyway, Driven Mofos, please have an amazing day. Please share this on your socials because I would love to get this out to more people, especially this episode. I do get a little bit afraid sometimes to make these types of episodes because I know that there are going to be people out there who attack me from those industries that you know, I've spoken about. There are also lots of people who will probably not like me for talking about this stuff, but I also think that it needs to be said. I've got to face the good with the bad and it's going to happen. So yeah, please share it. It helps me to build my confidence as well to talk about this a lot more. The more people who hear this stuff and the more feedback I get about it in an empowering way, it helps me to be more confident with sharing this stuff without the fear of retribution and the fear of people just fucking poleaxing me on social media. I hope this helps Driven Mofos. Please remember to share it. Have a great day. And I look forward to seeing you on here on the next episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur.